0: Well, welcome back, everyone, from lunch. Uh, we're really looking forward to this session, uh, which is uh, we've entitled "All the Tools in the Toolbox." And really, what we're talking about here here is moving beyond dogma. Um, we have seen, of course, over the years, um, organic not just in wine but in uh, many other. Um, products become very increasingly popular shall we say if albeit perhaps from a low base in some cases uh, and perhaps the most widely understood consumer term but we also know that organic doesn't necessarily mean sustainable and um, the majority of our speakers in our regenerative agriculture session earlier agreed that you don't have to be organic to be regenerative and i think that was a really interesting step forward i think if you'd ask that question of many people five or 10 years ago, we might've had a slightly different answer. So we're seeing um, more terms turn arrive. Regenerative is one of them. And we're seeing more questioning of um, the approach that says, you know, here's a list of things you shouldn't do, and then get a certificate. Um, uh, and of course, um, there are different ways of, of doing all of these things. And with climate change, it's very obvious from the discussion we've just been having about volatility, that, um, that we need all the tools in the toolbox. So the question is, what does that mean? And how do we move beyond uh, the, what we would argue, I think are fairly narrow approaches of the past. We're really looking forward to your comments. We had a discussion like this a couple of weeks ago on our America's conference. And as soon as what I call the G word was mentioned, glyphosate, uh, the chat exploded. uh, (laughs) And uh, I imagine the same might happen today. Um, It's been an interesting week for glyphosate, Uh, I I saw the the big study just came out saying it's definitively not harmful for human health if you use it properly, i.e. don't cover yourself in it every day for 30 years, Um, and and equally we saw last week a piece of research coming out saying um, impacts on soil microbiology could be much more significant than anybody realises partly because we don't seem to know very much about soil microbiology until fairly recently uh, and that any other artificial inputs could be having an impact. So we're not going to get completely bogged down in glyphosate in this conversation because there are many other things we need to discuss. I'm going to um, ask our panel to take a broad approach and I'm going to ask you as the audience to put your questions and comments into the chat please and we will bring you in. After about half an hour, 40 minutes, I have to pass over to my colleague, Tom, who's going to handle a lot of the Q&A side of things because I have to go and launch a report for Nestle on on their forest positive strategy, which I was booked in to do long before this conference. So um, I I shall hand over to Tom and he'll finish off in about 40 minutes. But in the meantime, let's do a round of introductions. Uh, Ernie, let's start with you. Many people will know your name, but just uh, give us the 30 seconds to a minute on who you are and, and what you do.
1: Well, I'm Ernie Lozen of the Dr. Lozen Estate in the Mosul. Uh, in Germany. Well, I mean, I would say we're running a typical family wine estate as we do it here in Europe. You know, um, it's two hundred years in the family. We're sitting in this little valley in the Mosel and doing since two hundred years nothing else as doing Riesling. You no, know? and this is our great variety. It's all on steep slopes, uh, which definitely makes it much more difficult to grow grapes on steep slopes. We basically just bought Last year, you could say the steepest vineyard in the world, you know, that is 128% steepness. It's insane, you know. Well, here, it's all hand labor. There's no no machines. But we do this, the funny thing, this winyard is since 25 years, I think, since 76, organically grown, so at least here, What helps is that we can um, spray it by helicopter, but with organic, you know, um, uh, sprays.
0: Excellent. So at some point you'll need to move to an electric helicopter, I suppose. (laughs) Yes,
1: well, that
0: is the next thing. As long as we can
1: keep it in the air.
0: (laughs) I'm not doing the test flight for that one. I'm going to watch if someone else does that. Bruno, uh, tell us about yourself and, and what you do. Hello everybody, I'm, I'm Bruno Le Breton.
2: I'm the owner of Domaine de la Jasse from the company BLB Vignoble in the south of France, uh, very close to Montpellier near the Mediterranean Sea. We are wine producer also Négociant. And how uh, uh, specific is that we, are, we export 95% of our wine in Europe mainly. And uh, we engage in the social responsibility in uh, 2015. And I mean that we we engaged to uh, try to understand what people expected from us. And that was the beginning of the story because I was uh, analog of this domain and I vouched the domain on the property from uh, my boss uh, in 2008. And I tried to to move this uh, domain on this company in the good direction. But
0: my question is always, what is the direction? That's a good question. We hope to shed some light on that, Bruno, in the next hour. John.
3: Uh, nice to be here. Um, I am currently the uh, founder and executive director of a educational, uh, science educational outreach organization called Genetic Literacy Project. We focus mainly on uh, biotechnology, but just because of the way biotechnology is evolved, we also address things like p- uh, pesticide use in agriculture. It also has a human dimension. Uh, looking at um, the applications of biotechnology and vaccine development, um, gene therapy and in, 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 uh, in, in medical research and so forth. My history has been um, uh, involved in, in sustainable questions since the early 1990s. Some of you may re- recollect a, a, a bit of a brouhaha uh, in the early 90s involving um, a company that was once considered one of the icons of the early social responsibility movement the Body Shop cosmetic company, and I'm the bloke who did a um, uh, investigation of the company and found out that Anita Roddick was quite a um, narcissist and um, and really didn't uh, didn't do what she say. And the company, despite its embrace of uh, social responsibility, was not very socially responsible, and ultimately led to the demise of the company after a series of reports that I did that were were very high profile. But been involved in social responsibility. Uh, issues since the 90s, written numerous books um, on everything from uh, GMOs to uh, the use of chemicals in agriculture, um, and the uh, the evolution of of my thinking over the years is, has been to the title of this of this um, uh, of this session: all tools in the toolbox. And so I've devoted myself to how do we address sustainability and putting aside ideological categories like organic. Or biotech, which are suffused with uh, with, with meanings and, and focus on the endpoints, and that's what I'm hoping um, to be able to do today. Thank you. We had a fascinating
0: discussion about chemicals a couple of weeks ago at our America's conference about where do you draw that line on the spectrum between what's a, what's an organic chemical and what's a synthetic chemical, and it's by no means as simple as people might think. So, Bruno, let me turn to you first. Um, why did you agree to speak on this session? And, and what are the key points that you'd like to make about, uh, about getting to the destination of sustainability, which we all agree? Uh, what, what, what to you are the best approaches on, on that journey, Bruno? Yeah, when, when I started in 2015, the, 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 the social responsibility
2: engagement, uh, it was really to understand what people expected from us. And it was very interesting to to accept, to stop, to to continue what we did in the past, and only ask the, the people the simple question: What do you expect from us? And especially for the for the pesticide, what what? Uh, and we, we we discover first that the people are very clear, uh, and we discovered the answer of the profession wasn't so clear, and we wanted to know and understand. And the, the first things I discover. Is that organic? Uh, was a, a mis- there's a big miscommunication? The standard of the organic is totally well made for the for the food, and uh, it's 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 a very adapt to to an apple, potatoes, or yogurt. But an organic product mm-hmm. is a promise of health, of well-being, mm-hmm. and alcohol don't give this promise. Alcohol is a cultural product; it's not for the food. And it, it was funny to see all the doctors, the people from the medicine. They say, us, okay, you, you, you can't say you, you produce as a promise and you can't put in you produce a promise of health. Uh, that's what organic sh- promise on, on alcohol. And now I see whiskey, vodka, gin with this the same stamp, the same label on, on, on the label. And I say, it's a wrong direction. We have our own issue. So it's not the subject, but first of all, I say, okay, uh, perhaps organic good for a few things, but it's not the right standards for the,
0: for the wine. The wine should have its own standard. So tell us more about that Bruno, I mean you're down in the south of France where it's much easier to be an organic producer than up where Ernie is, surely, uh, you know, what's the problem? It, it should be very easy for me to be organic. But I, I want to be honest
2: on the, the alcohol consumption is a big problem in France, uh, like everywhere. And we have to be more, much more part of the solution than the problem. And to be part of the solution with the, the education of, uh, with alcohol, with, we, you can use wine. But first of all, if you do a miscommunication with your, with your bottle and you put a stamp in your bottles in the label, that gives a wrong information to the consumer uh, that is, this, this, this alcohol could be perhaps better than the other one. And it's it's not sustainable to, in a way, lie to the consumer, uh, whatever the way it's done. Because alcohol, with all the pesticides you can have in, is the most dangerous product. And uh, you don't have to make a uh, miscommunication
0: to the consumer with that. I suppose... Products with organic sugar in have the same. <laughs> you can have the same problem with that, right? <laughs> sugar seems to be at least as dangerous in many cases. But interesting. So, what what approach would you advocate instead? How do you handle your communication with your uh, with your growers and with your customers about your approach if you're not sticking to those traditional labels?
2: Yeah, we, we try to 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 be more on the contribution of each bottle we produce, and, uh, and for the environment uh, issue. Uh, It's a bit trap for the profession because there are two different issues, two different problems. The global warming, that's one, and the pollution and the the, the health problem, that's something else. So for the two subjects, you have to reduce. But every time you reduce uh, and you communicate on that, the consumer is a little bit upset. Oh, you did that in the past? Yes, I apologize. So it's good to do it, but you can't communicate on that. But then you have to contribute positively. For the global warming and, and for the for the pollution and the else, and it's more it's more profitable for you or your company, and that's what we expect. We try to do to to work more on the contribution, even if we reduce all the things we did in the past that isn't good.
0: Thank you, Ernie. Let me let me ask you, what's your approach to to this? I mean, Germany has some of the most active green consumers uh, in inverted commas and some very aggressive environmental groups. There's always pressure to go greener in Germany, but what does that mean to you when that's matched with long-term sustainability?
1: Well, that, that's, that's definitely true because we have a lot of organizations here from Demeter, I mean, organic growing groups, uh, then these kind of, we are also a member of EcoStep. My brother can talk about this more. Um, well, I think it is the sustainability. I mean, you know, we have also some companies in the US, you know, um, they talk a lot about sustainability, and I think it is definitely something we have to find something an, 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 a common or uh, um, say way to to, be, to to explain what is sustainability, what does belongs to sustainability. Because when I see um, what's allowed in the U.S. for organic growing. There are stuff which is not allowed since 20 years anymore in Germany, you know. So from that point of view, if, if, if every country has its own, uh, say, termin- I mean, terminology or our standards for sustainability, I think then everybody can choose the one which is most flexible and allows most, I mean, um, uh, things, you know, and even in the US, I mean, even every state has a different definition for sustainability you now Oregon if we have a winery in Oregon and Oregon certain things are allowed which are not in California and California certain things are allowed which are not allowed in Oregon I mean um, which is quite amazing you know and here I mean EcoStep. I, I brought my brother with me because he had been doing the whole he had been um, going through the whole process of um, uh, that our company became EcoStep. Uh, uh, um, classified huh?
4: yeah, yeah, we are we are uh, we are certified, certified uh, since uh, six years now, and uh, it's uh, it's a system which was developed by uh, Geisenheim with a, with an institute who who deals with uh, management systems, and it's uh, the idea was to find a solution for. Uh, for for wineries, smaller and middle-sized wineries, um, to fulfil all all these regulations which we have here in Germany, yeah, in Germany, we have thousands of regulations. In I Germany, know. you have you have over ten thousand regulations which you have to look after. But it's it's uh, you you can't deal everything, yeah. So what they did, they look what are the really more most important things and what are the the, 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 the essential things, yeah? which is very important. yeah. And then, together with, with Geisenheim, they developed a system which is an integrated system, which deals with uh, a management system, with an environment system, with a food safety system, and a labor safety system. Yeah? So it's, it, it covers all the important things and uh, and and it's uh, and, and and it fulfills all the main important points of the ISO and uh, dean norms yeah and this is a system which which is be handled or which can
1: be handled in a normal binary Other, otherwise medium-sized
4: medium, medium size size.
1: usually iso and dean is for the huge you know i mean you know really big big companies which a small company as us can't handle you know even can't pay it you know it's, it's so, so expensive you know? and so they 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 tracked it down to that that a small company as us can also manage this all this kind of you know requirements you know they have you know to put it together you know to go through this jungle of ten thousand, you know i mean um for you know regulations, regulations you know
0: so, um, what does all this mean for your customers? What do they ask from you? Because I can imagine the modern German consumer—you know—they've heard about organic as being the most well-known thing, aren't they? All saying to you, "Well, why isn't everything organic for you? If you're going to be green, you're going to be modern German. You must be organic." Um, what's the problem with that?
1: Well, it is definitely for us a much more difficult. We for us it's much more difficult to answer this question because we are faced. You now, I mean. We belong to the very few areas in Germany who have extremely steep slopes, you know, and we all know they are very difficult to machinize. Uh, we don't find labor anymore, which want to hoe a vineyard, you know, I mean, in 35 degrees Celsius at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, that makes life definitely more difficult. We try as much as possible. Um, I have also one vineyard manager here with me. Uh, we have certain little tractors and so but we are we are still handicapped with these steep slopes to go fully organic you know that is true and i think the problem is we have to differentiate between
4: organic and the stability because um there is uh, some people means that it's the same but it's for me it's not the same because um if you if you make up this, uh, this this discussion, then you can ask if it's really sustainable. If you bring tons of of uh, of copper uh, uh, of copper uh, in the vineyards. Uh, if this is really uh, the, the way to to be sustainable, because after years, you have so much copper in your vineyard uh, that, that which which um, brings also problems with you yeah. or to use when you when you're doing organic uh, growing you have to use the tractor much more so you have much more uh, pressure on the soil uh, much more uh, much more fuel consumption and all these things yeah therefore uh, i'm a little bit also i I, it's quite dangerous to say organic is the same like the stability it is definitely a part of it
1: or can be a part of it but it's uh, we have uh, we have to differentiate. Yeah, well, only one exa- one example bar weeding. You know? bar weeding, we have little crawlers, we have we have tools for bar weeding, but it is nearly impossible to do this in the steep slope because it's so slow. You know, I mean, it would grow faster as we would uh, until we finish. You know, and or or then having ten or twelve crawlers there, you know, I mean the fuel consumption it's enormous then, you know, and that is really where where we want to go, you know. I mean, is then we all know glyphosate is especially in Germany, oh my god, you know, people are going crazy if they're in glyphosate, you know. But if you then really look, I mean, how can we manage these steep slopes? Or is it then as we see it, you know, that a lot of these vineyards are going away you know that for example the mosul steep slope vineyard used to be 13,000 hectares it's already down to 8,000 hectares you know and if we can't work it anymore if we can't manage it anymore then we will lose another two three thousand hectares in the next 10 15 years you know so either an area is dying on behalf of certain you know i mean things which is a holy cow which we Mm -hmm. are not allowed to talk about you know um this is uh, we are definitely faced with certain problems here, with especially with this extremely steep uh, slopes, you know.
0: Yeah, well, that's a really Find good a solution.
1: I don't know, really,
0: but it's a really good example of um what a more rigid system can lead to mm-hmm. in terms of uh negative trade offs. I mean. I guess one answer is you could buy all that uh, you could buy all that steep slope land yourself and become a bigger grape farmer but uh, that's probably a little bit unrealistic to buy all of it so that's a that's a very good example so what you're arguing for then ernie is is i imagine a, a wider definition of sustainability that encompasses these complexities is that what you're looking for yes exactly yeah yeah john uh, turning to you i mean that's uh this is a conversation we've been having at conferences all year um from from the events you've been doing and the work you've been doing are are you seeing more generally in agriculture recognition of this need to shift from this dogmatic approach to a to a more uh sustainable one that involves using all the different tools in the toolbox whilst then i guess explaining to stakeholders what the complexities are and the trade-offs is that happening are we having a more honest conversation now john
3: um i would say no and I, very disappointingly, no. Um, I think obviously in a situation like this, we are because these are well-informed people who, who are clearly more devoted to sustainability than they are to an ideology. But I, 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 I'm, I'm listening to this conversation. I'm thinking back to an article I wrote in a now defunct magazine called Vegetarian Times. This is before the, the word organic was well used as the, as the word or the um, ideological concept to represent sustainable, uh, agriculture and, and food production in, in its early days, and the, the headline of the piece, the cover story, was "Does Does Organic?" and this is 1997. Does organics um, uh, overpromise and underdeliver? And what I found was, knowing far less than I know now, is, is that it is an ideology, and unfortunately, it's so advanced as an ideology that it's even infused and I would say corrupted, especially in Europe, the regulatory structure. Um, It doesn't matter that some organic practices are 100 years old um, and clearly are outdated and don't make sense if our goal is sustainability, Um, but we've somehow managed to move past the telegraph to the internet um, in a rocky road and a trajectory. And So I would say every time a law is passed in Germany or in France or in Europe that that, um, concretizes and elevates the concept of organics and i think uh, unfortunately the term regenerative agriculture and agroecology are both um becoming ideolo- ideologized in the same way if you go back to the 1980s when the terms regenerative agriculture was first being discussed it included um uh, genetic solutions that was part of the of, of the toolbox it then became um, co-opted by the organic movement to exclude it it became ideologized um we have a we we have a contortion of of regulations in europe that it's it's trying to pretend that organics is a science when it's not so i mean uh, ideally it means having a science-based regulatory structure and emboldening not only politicians in the national level but but politicians within the food industry within the food movement people like who, who are here and discussing it to say Let's abandon this, these, these organic measures. I mean, France uses twice as much chemicals per acre as the United States does. That's astounding. Um, Belgium, 2.2 times per acre, per hectare, what is used in the United States. Canada uses less. You know, almost every single country in Europe uses not only more um, chemicals, but, but more toxic chemicals under the guise that, that the chemicals that they're using because they're organic should get a free pass. This is a bewildering and unscientific discussion, so, uh, I, so I think this discussion is good, but it's trying to um, graft an ideological system onto science, and it doesn't work that way. People have to go out and say, let's, let's start from scratch. Let's look at what sustainability is. Do we really want climate change? Um, do we really want to address that, which I think is the foremost issue of our time when when our policies are designed to not seriously take climate change? I mean, the European farm to fork movement um, is, is an abomination if your interest is climate change amelioration, if your interest is um, checking the boxes of organic ideology. It's a great success. But anybody from a science point of view who has looked at it says, It's not the way to go. You're appeasing people because Europe is partly because of the precautionary principle. It has turned organic into a a cult and just like any cult, after a time, it doesn't feel like a cult to its adherents. It actually feels like a legitimate perception, but it's not. It's still a cult. It's always been a cult. Um, We have to get beyond it and put science in in the center of it. And even within that, it doesn't mean there isn't going to be huge disagreements on how to get there. Uh, people with different sense of, of what whether soil health is more important, let's say, than um, uh, than other aspects of, of agriculture, and so we might come up with seriously different emphases. But we got to we, we got to end and and put aside and end the the, the cult of organics, the cult of regenerative agriculture, and the cult of agroecology because they are political weapons now. They are not a, a serious attempt to address sustainability in farming.
0: So what would a more comprehensive approach look like? Because what, what the proponents of organics say was the alternatives is big ag chemicals. You know, copper sulphate is acceptable because it wasn't invented by Monsanto, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, so, so this is, this is the, sort of, um, the two ends of the spectrum we have. We, we have the sort of fear of big ag chemicals and then the sort of niche organics on the other side. And, then, and where, where do we go
3: in the middle here? And, and that's a really interesting question, isn't it, I think? It is, and it's a legitimate question. And, and I, I wouldn't trust uh, the bears and the um, and the DuPont pioneers as far as I could spit, frankly, because their ultimate goal is to increase profits. It doesn't mean they don't want to do the right thing, but let's say if the inflection point is um, doing the right thing and seriously damaging their bottom line, then they'll do sort of the right thing. So we have right to be suspicious of those. So I don't want to abandon that skepticism. But, but what we have is more than that. We have rejectionism we, to the point that we now have um, a, a potential. We are, we are in an inflection point in, because of the technology and, and, and the potential that gene editing is handing the agricultural industry, farming industry, um, you know, the sustainable food movement, a gift. We're saying here you have a technology that's not necessarily driven by big corporations. It is entrepreneurial based. It can be done on a small scale. It can be done by universities. It can be funded by um, so the organic movement that currently exists in Europe could, could take the reins and drive innovation in that area. Many people who support organic agriculture um, are wise enough to see that this is a really good opportunity, but the, approach that is being taken by the organic movement and uh, within quotes in Europe is to try to categorize the gene editing revolution, which is just, which is incipient. It's, we're not there yet. Really. We're just on the cusp of it. They're trying to characterize it as an extension of big ag and by so doing it, they're creating regulatory barriers that essentially will do what exactly happened with GMOs. They'll force the regulatory barriers to be so high that only Big ag can navigate it, so all these small entrepreneurial um, universities and startups that see the potentials, p- particularly in agriculture, lowering nitrogen, um, uh, synthetic nitrogen usages in, in soil and so forth, will, will essentially become a big corporate enterprise, and they'll they'll be creating the devil that they claim that they want to slay. So it's a it's a big it's a big choice. Can the, is the organic movement the regenerative ag movement, agroecology, are they willing to put on their big boy pants or are they just going to hark back to, um, you know, early 20th century ideology? So, you know, put up or shut up. Are you really interested in sustainability or you interested in in checking the um, the the ideology box?
0: Thank you, John. Bruno, turning to you how well known is the potential for things like gene editing as a solution? I mean, I read the wine press, we publish a summary of the sustainability wine press on our website, and we stopped publishing it every week because I could only run so many stories about the seven new grape varieties in Bordeaux because of climate change. You know, we have this kind of, we go around and around and around in the wine media on sustainability with the same stories, but I never see anything on gene editing. Um, And I wonder, but Ernie, I'll ask to put this question to you as well. John mentioned it. It's a nascent technology that's much more democratic than, than GMOs, much cheaper, but it doesn't seem to be discussed in wine. Bruno, why do you think that is and what else would you like to see being discussed on the sustainability agenda? I, I, I really want to be pragmatic on that. We need the science because
2: we, when we see the, the fact, uh, if we agree that the global warming is the emergency, uh, if we accept that, then we, 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 we accept some decision we'll take after. Uh, people, people use uh, in the vineyard a lot of sulfur. Anybody knows that sulfur is not natural. They say sulfur is natural and it's a good pesticide. No, no, sulfur is an oil industry product. And uh, it's funny to see organic wine or natural wine, uh, but they, they, they never exist without the oil industry. And how, how you can have a, a positive discussion on, the, on, on the, a subject that the people expect a lot with the basic uh, understanding, even by the producer. The producer they don't know the product they use, even in organic. Or m- myself, and uh, the oil industry is the, is, is the, the main producer of uh, organic product. And uh, when you have, we 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 have a lot of offer of bio control. Uh, Biocontrol is a fantastic concept we use to develop the in the past, and we only spray if it's necessary with the biocontrol concept. We have to spray every week. And it's going back in the past because at the end, the the, the global impact is is, is worse. So the, the subject I will really want to discuss is how to measure with the science our impact really. Uh, we know that the homologation of the pesticides are not very good but the, the scientists all over the world they really work uh, to measure each impact of pesticide on the health on the on the on the environment of the the, the birth, on the the ground and that's the information we need to make our own decision and to to, to select the, the the best path and that's at this time very difficult because is dogmatic, and uh, we, we, we don't have an uh, experience we can share with other producers, and, and, and that's difficult. And at the end, the, 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 for, for the consumer, uh, the impact or the contribution of a, of a wine is on the bottle. And if, if you produce 20 hectoliters per hectare, sorry to say, but your impact is much bigger than a producer that produces 100 hectoliters per hectare. When you consider one bottle, each bottle has a, a lower impact on the environment if the production is big. So it's good to, to make low production. But the, the, the cost for the environment of this low production is a lot on the new consumer. Look on that. It's the, the way he considers your produce. How your product uh, is a benefit or, or, or not for the, for, the, for the environment, for the society. And it's, it's important to have in their mind to discuss about accessibility, how the, 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 the stakeholder, they, 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 they react, how they, they see our job and how they, they measure our contribution.
0: Yes, absolutely. Good points, thank you. Ernie, what would you like to add to this? I'm sure you have some views based on what you've heard, Ernie.
1: Well, I mean, to, to, to add, or oh, at least what John said, that, it's, that this whole thing becomes an ideology, especially here in Europe, and I mean, you know, our queen party here in Germany is a very powerful, it sometimes even becomes a religion, you know, even worse, you know, because, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to criticize anybody, you know, but if it comes to, say, biodynamie, you know, of the, the philosophy of Rudolf Steiner, that reminds me even sometimes on religion, you can believe it or leave it, you know? But I mean, but, but you're not allowed to criticize it. We're going back sometimes, I got the impression we're going back to medieval times, you know? I mean, people don't want to even discuss about, I mean, sciences anymore, you know? They start screaming at you, no, no, we have to do this, you know, and that, you know? And so this is the real thing or whatever, you know? So from that point of view we definitely have to I I would love if this discussion would be led more by science you know and not by ideology you know and then I think then the whole thing would be much easier and more reflective you know uh, but here in Europe it is becoming really difficult you know because there are certain things especially our green party is so powerful you know they don't accept it you know if it is wrong or not they don't care you know it couldn't i mean i mean and that makes things more and more difficult here with us at least you know and, yeah. so, you know? and then especially i mean i mean we try i th- i would say we try all to do our best you know as much as we can i would think so you know everybody i mean nobody can tell me that me as a grower want to poison your 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 vineyards you know that you want to destroy your vineyards i mean the base you don't kill the cow you milk you know and so from that point of view we all try as best as we can you know to to save resources you know and so but then as a say as a practical person and i mean my winter manager can can tell you about it you know you have to do something things you know which makes no sense at all, but it is the ideology of the of this 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 green party or whoever um, put it in force, you know. That you, as a practical grower, you know, say sorry, that makes no sense, you know. But you know, I mean, c- certain things like you know, we bring out steep slopes, we bring out a lot of compost, you know, compost, you know, against erosion, you know. It's the best thing against erosion, you know, because I mean, we have now, nowadays with global, we have very very strong rains now, whole winter's coming down. If we cover it beforehand with organic material, you know, I mean, compost, you know, it is the best thing to save erosion, no? But no, we got a new law. It is not allowed anymore. It is uh, only that much you are allowed to bring out, which makes no sense anymore to bring it out because it doesn't help against erosion anymore, you know? Whole windows yeah. are coming down, you know? So what is it that, that, that there are things sometimes are, I mean, especially here in Germany, I can't talk about other countries. Um, they decide things which doesn't make any sense by logical, you know, practical experience, you know? Because I think, and that I think, is John said, the right thing, because it becomes an ideology.
0: Yes. Um, on the other hand, you know what's wrong with living in medieval times? You know we were all <laughs> we were all four. Well, fe- we all, to burn <laughs> we, were all, uh, we were all four feet tall uh, uh, with malnutrition, and we died at thirty. You know what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, on, on a serious note, yes, clearly what we need to do um, is to work harder to legitimise real science, and we need to engage consumers. In a rounded conversation yeah. and i think that's where the wine industry deserves a little bit of criticism frankly I, I detect in the industry an unwillingness to talk about real trade-offs this panel accepted an unwillingness to discuss chemicals a fear of being attacked over over using conventional science shall we say and um, yet what product has more space on a on a front or back label to engage a consumer on a journey of complexity. That is, I think, the challenge to the winery when it comes to science. You know, why couldn't Dr. Looson partner with some, you know, the academics, you've got guys in the home you mentioned, and others, put a QR code on the bottle and say, let us show you what the, the choices that we make every day. Customer gets their phone. You don't even have to press the camera button. You just point your phone at a QR code and you're walking around your winery with a, conversation about dilemmas companies are doing this now all the time the file i just uploaded to the chat from Dole foods talked about how they've had five million customers for walking around organic banana farms using a phone you know from wherever they are in the world and so i think if the banana industry can do that and talk about trade-offs then surely the wine industry can and it should so i suppose i think there's a challenge there which is one of the reasons i'm very happy both of your organizations Uh, Ernie and Bruno have joined the Sustainable Wine Roundtable, because that's part of our mission is to kind of mainstream that conversation about dilemmas and trade offs. And I would like to see the wine industry be a lot braver about having those conversations with customers and and with the trade. Um, Maybe am I being wildly naive? I don't know. Bruno, uh, is this too naive an idea? Too scary?
2: No, no, it's not. It's definitely not. And we have a big responsibility. I was in Bordeaux uh, three months ago, discussing with uh, some people from the research in Bordeaux and they, they have a big problem with a lot of attack with the pesticide. And they say, ah, oh, we, we don't understand because the tomatoes, potatoes, produce, they don't have this attack. But okay, anyway, the, 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 I never see a potatoes filled at 1 million euros per hectare. For the vine, it exists. So, of course, the responsibility we have is not the same for the for agriculture. We have to accept that we have a part of agriculture, but much more a cultural product. And if we accept that, we accept the critic and we accept also to to, 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 create, to, to use you, the added value we have uh, for the environment and uh, to assume the responsibility of we, 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 the, the speculation on the land, on the, on the, on the, on the ground we, we create with the wine uh, is a reality for the, for the society. And uh, if we want to be accepted on a, a real discussion with the people, we, have to, we, we need to be transparent. This transparency w- won't kill the, the mystery of wine. But the transparency, it's only information. And we have to inform the people, uh, our neighbor, our workers, uh, about what we are doing and what we know the, what we are doing. <laughs> it's a little bit scary, but uh, we, we slowly know better and better what we use. But uh, 20 years ago, we didn't know. Uh, now we, we start to know some few, few points on the, on the on the on the danger of the, the, the product we use, but the, the, the science uh, was uh, uh, not there at this time, and uh, it, 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 the the producer was alone, and it's good that the, the people created organic because at this time. Uh, it was terrible. When I see the product I use when I started to be uh, in the property, it was terrible. Now the, the, the new pesticide, to be honest, we, we are we are not really in the solution, but close to the solution. And uh, it's much better. I would like to hear John about that, uh, the evolution of the, the pesticide, but I, I see it as a, a, a remarkable uh, progress on, on, the, on the lower impact.
0: Thank you. Um, Before we turn to John, um, Ernie, the the challenge I've laid down to the industry again, is that hopelessly naive or is that something we will be doing? Bearing Bruno's points about how we have so much more knowledge now, consumers are much better informed. So, is there a responsibility on producers like yourself to grasp the nettle, as we say in English, grasp the stinging nettle and and just get on with talking about science?
1: Well, I mean, um, as I said before, you know, I mean, we are still very much at the beginning, you know, to find, I mean, we know that there's a big force from the consumers, you know, they want to know more about it. They want to know more what you're doing in the vineyard, what is sustainable. I mean, um, um, and we definitely have to find a way, you know, but as I said, huge companies have much more, I mean, resources, you know, um, doing all these things you now. We are, I mean, sorry, we are a 50-hectare winery, you know. Um, um, that's, um, we, we, we have a lot of things to do, you know, and we try to do as much as possible, responsible for all what we're doing, and also telling it as much as we can, can tell our customers as much we have direct contact, contact to them, you know, to explain them, to take them to the winner. I mean, that is really my approach. It's a very simple, approach which which limits it very much but i bring every customer who visit me i bring to the vineyard i i schlep them to a steep slope and then say look run up there you know and so you know and so that they get an impression what what hard work it is you know and that that it is very easy as a consumer to sit at home and sip a wine and said yeah but this wine should be this and this and this and what they all want with it you know and so i mean besides i think they should first enjoy it you know <laughs> i don't know why people want to have all these kind of informations first before they can enjoy something you know but um but for us it is it is very complex and a huge uh, challenge you know to 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 for a small company and here in europe it's mostly small companies how can they fulfill all these kind of questions and things which are coming which are, are approach to us you know to fulfill them you know at uh, I mean you know we don't have a marketing or pay com- PR company or whatever you know uh, for only for example
4: um, we get forced by 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 this debolage from Sweden to uh, to uh, to f- fulfill their their um, things with this world favor platform yeah I, don't, I, I, I think you know this world favor platform they it's a yeah, it's a, a totally a system where all producer has to bring all data of their product in. Yeah, And even uh, so that the customer can go on this platform and have a look where really this product comes from and who are involved and uh, who are the suppliers. Uh, this is, for example, a good thing when, when, when these systems are, are more uh, equal or more linked together. That, that we don't get uh, uh, too much different systems of these. Uh, so uh, the, the, the the Sweden has no world favor. Then Canada comes up with another system, and so then I think we we have to think to bring them all together. That we have one level with all that, that the um, information which are given are more uh, uh, that they are more uh, uh, be uh, comparable. Based, you
0: know. Yeah. Uh, very interesting thank you I'm going to ask John to come in here and then my colleague Tom is going to take over to handle the rest of the questions we've had some great questions in the chat uh, so Tom's going to take care of those but in the meantime I'm going to turn off video I'm going to hand over to John and then Tom is going to finish off the session so thank you Ernie and Bruno and John from me over to you Tom and then John I have a feeling that you wanted to come in here so I'll let you do that
3: uh, and then
0: we'll hand over to Tom for for Q&A. I
3: mean I I I'm not sure I can really add specifically to, to what's being discussed. I think this is an enlightened group that is not, there's uh, more interested in solutions. And I, I, I sense your frustration. I, I do see in, the, in one of the questions in the chat is, um, are there any um, organizations out there that are, that are pushing the kind of solution oriented uh, version that, that I think you all embrace because you're really trying to deal with it both because of your own um specific uh farming challenges but also because you see the the broader picture and i i, I really do hope that the um uh, that the movement so to speak people like you who actually care about sustainability in the broadest sense which includes climate change as part of the equation um can can really um challenge the um really kind of doctrinaire i would call them right-wing groups like like organic associations, which are really classic conservative, power conserving groups that, that have long since become detached from solutions and are more interested in perpetuating their own power. That means challenging um, the establishment um, who claims that they're speaking on behalf of sustainability, but they're actually speaking on behalf of their particular industry choices um, and their labeling, their, their marketing label, because they're propos- essentially they're, they're endorsing and and um and um i think advertising the organic label as if it is meaningful um and it's going to take some real pushback and it means actually confronting politicians in europe um and and saying hey we're barreling forward and we're um um you know endorsing not only organics but but this agroecology as if it's something new regenerative agriculture is 50 years old and if you do any exploration you realize it's a center of a- it's a a collection of aspirations. It's not actionable information. What makes it actionable is when you start applying things like climate change consequences, then it becomes actionable. And and when you're interested about what the consequences of certain practices are, then you oftentimes come up with a different pathway to get there than just embracing an ideology. So I I would love to see a kind of a a movement pushing back against what, what I see as the as the kind of far right elements in the sustainability movement, which is the organic industry. Push back against it. And, and don't let agroecology and regenerative agriculture um, become kind of like um, uh, buff, uh, cleaned up versions of, of organics. It's not. It's just rebranding is what it is. Um, let's get into the weeds here. Let's talk about genuine sustainability, climate change. How do we get from here to there? You know let's ask hard questions and make people recognize that there aren't easy answers. These are complex things and these are about trade-offs. And I don't think, I don't get a sense that Europe is prepared to to have that um, discussion.
5: And John, who do you think, is there someone who do you think should take responsibility to uh, challenge those, those, that sort of methodology and that thinking?
3: I don't think I I don't know the political structure in in Europe um, well enough to know who can take on the organic industry is extremely powerful. Look, when when there was a chance a few years ago to have a serious debate about the impact of copper uh, on in in agriculture in Europe because of the I think it was the European Food um, Safety Authority um, put out some of the information about how potentially dangerous copper um, products are in agriculture when they when they are misused. They, they squelched it. Basically, they railroaded um, the European Commission to approve copper uh, copper products without any kind of public debate on it. At the same time, they were throwing up their hands about glyphosate. And as we just saw, um, uh, you know, yet again, the, the, the 18th um, uh, internationally independent global organization over the past five years has come out with a report saying that glyphosate is not. Carcinogenic when used appropriately, not especially not in food re- residues, um, and and that the hysteria is just that hysteria. So they allow the debate is going on in Europe. They allow hysteria um, over one area, and they cut off debate when it encroaches on their own ideological little little havens. Like um, you know, what, what's the proper balance of 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 Biotechnology, synthetic chemicals, and organic chemicals. We need a we need we need an adult debate, and that means, you know, standing up against the crowd. I mean, look, United States is we're captured by this Trump crazy mania here, and I see a version of it on the left in Europe, on issues like sustainability. It's very Trumpian from from our point of view. We see it as no different. We see it as a right wing movement, and I accept the proponents of it see it as a left-wing movement, it's just the opposite. It's not progressive when you embrace ideology over making cost-benefit decisions. That's the essence of, 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 of reactionary thinking.
5: Just turning to the chat, um, Lauren's asked the question, how do we as a trade educate general consumers on different types of farming and techniques used within the wine world? And how do we lean on other industries to help us navigate this uh, this conversation? Uh, bruno do you want to come in there
2: sorry can you repeat the question please
5: sure Uh, how do we as a trade educate general consumers on different types of farming and techniques used within the wine world and how do we lean on other industries to help us navigate this conversation
2: Uh, it's difficult To communicate, communication is always a, a risk, and that's why we I, we really prefer to communicate on the contribution we, we do, than uh, because the, the people they, they they are so far from the subject on the on the, on the subject of the chemical, that uh, even us we we don't we don't have the the, the, the level of information uh, we, we we need to have, that uh, we 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 can expand our philosophy. But it's it's better to, to explain how we, we we use the money we earn with the wine to contribute for the environment, with of course some very strong uh, argue, uh, very strong point to how we will reduce uh, our chemical impact, but also with very strong story about what we we, how we use the money to to make uh, our, our property more sustainable. And uh, how we help uh, uh, all, all, all the animals and, uh, the, and the biodiversity. Um, it, it's it's. I, I said, John, we, we we go back in the past and we, we rebuilt what we destroyed perhaps too much in the 30 years whole before. And it's 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 simple. It's pragmatic. Uh, we plant a lot of trees. Uh, we let more. Uh, uh, more grass, more flowers. We uh, we are we are looking the south of France because the Mediterranean uh, environment is very rich and there have a big complexity of biodiversity. But we just have to uh, to be there and uh, to promote it and uh, to to keep it. And uh, we we invite the people to 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 walk on the uh, in the vineyard. Uh, and it's uh, the best proof we are that the people can see it by themselves. And uh, we have nothing to hide. And uh, we we. We, we, we invite them to participate uh, to, the, to the discussion. Because as I said at the beginning, we are, we are here to, uh, to understand what they expect from us. And if the global warming is the, the priority, okay, we discuss that. Uh, if uh, the chemical is a problem for you, okay, we discuss that. But uh, the, 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 the grapes and the wine is not a natural product. Definitely not, it's a, pro- it's a creation of, the, of, of, of man. It's, a, it's, it's our creation and you, you, you can't see a naturally a bottle of wine. So uh, it's not like uh, an apple or a potatoes that could be uh, totally uh, natural without anything. The wine doesn't exist like that. And the, even the, 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 the vine we selected for year after years, uh, the, the vine are, are very fragile. And every disease is for the vine, it's for the grapes. And uh, it's becoming very difficult with the, the, the climate we have uh, to protect it. So we have also to, to work on the vegetables, on the, on, the, on the the variety of the the, 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 the vine to, to select some new variety more adapt uh, to the condition. Perhaps the the quality will be uh, lower. It could, it could happen, but we have to accept that to to continue.
5: And alien Thomas, do you see uh, your approach as um, your certification programs as a means of educating and communicating with your consumer. Do you see that as an
2: effective method? We we, we are in the ISO 26,000 norms, and uh, the the basic of this norm is really to involve the stakeholder uh, to prove that every decision you take is based on the discussion we have with your stakeholder. So uh, of course you need to be uh, you need to, to 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 educate to inform. And to uh, to give the key to the, the the people you work with your neighbor your worker your administration uh, that they understand your job and the more we are close to the people the more we find the, the, the best solution and uh, of course organic is a good solution compared to what it was in the in the past but it's not the solution uh, organic have to move over to to to, to, to be more sustainable and uh, if if we are we continue in this so very close, uh, very strict uh, solution, uh, the wine the wine industry will have big problem in the future. So we have to together continue to, to understand what people expect from us and find pragmatic solution. And we need science for that uh, because science is not in the debate at this time. And uh, it's a little bit, uh, it's not rational.
5: Well, I think that's a very, um, effective and uh, interesting uh conclusions of the conversation um Ernie, did you have any final comments thomas or john
3: i don't no <laughs> i just really hope that we can elevate the discussion and um and challenge the the entrenched interest um i mean i just i see one thing in here someone's talking about um biodynamics i mean has our has, p and and touting it as a as, a, as um, its ability to increase carbon av- av- availability in soil and and i just explain why that that's not true i mean it does it does provide some aspects of it but in the broader terms it's it's a it's a, it's a carbon producing system not a carbon reducing system you can't just isolate one little aspect of it because, you know, because it's a carbon sink, you have to look at the, the wider picture, the machinery that's required to use that kind of agriculture, for instance, and what it does in terms of yield, um, which means, w- w- you know, other land that's going to be impacted by it. We need a broader picture. We need a 360 degree view of this. And also, I, I would hope anybody who, who touts biodynamics does a little modest research about how wacko a, a philosophy it is. It, it's, it's, it's the far, far like crazy left fringe of agroecology and agroecology already is is kind of fringy so we we've we got to get beyond this and, and ask really hard questions and kind of put on our science hats not not, not i don't i don't want to make it into a religion but we have to be infused by it if we want if we're interested in climate change we're interested in global warming let's act like adults here and, and really put all the solutions on the table all the tools on the table that's what this is about
5: Great. Well, we'll finish on that sort of uh, point to uh, think about. Thank you all for your participation.